Hey guys, I'm Alex Agron, and this is the Private Equity Technology Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Private Equity Technology Podcast. I'm Alex Agron here with Lisa Weaver Lambert. Today, we are welcoming in private equity firm Verdane and their Elevate team CTO, Henrik Berg. Henrik, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, pleased to be here. All right, if you would, just start with a background. Who is Verdane? Uh, Verdane is a uh, Nordic-based, initially private equity tech-focused investor. Um, we are currently investing out of three fund concepts. Uh, one is our uh, oldest concept being a, portf- a portfolio and direct investment fund. Uh, we have a second fund, which is more direct investments, uh, slightly larger investments. And the latest concept is a sustainability and a fund that is doing investment directly into pure sustainability-focused uh, tech-enabled companies. Um, and today we are about 130 people. Uh, 80 of them are pri- uh, private equity investors and Almost 40 of us are working in the Verdain Elevate organization. I think what would be interesting is if you could explain, when you guys say tech-enabled companies, how you guys think of, of those investments. Um, historically, so it's not just software. It's not so, it doesn't mean software companies. No. Uh, so we, we have a few different um, uh, verticals. So one is pure software companies. Um, and But the second is also digital uh, commerce, uh, so more digitally enabled commerce companies, uh, more brands. Uh, and the third one is within sustainable consumption, uh, sustainable energy. Uh, so companies, technology companies supporting the uh, sustainable journey for, for, for a better world. And within Verdane, then, you're, you're working out of what I was referring to as Elevate. So maybe a, a, bit, a bit of a background on what is Elevate and, and what your role is in Elevate. Sure. Uh, so Verdain Elevate uh, was more or less uh, founded uh, about two years ago. So at that point, Verdain, as many other private equity companies, were using external consultants both for the DD processes in the different angles as well as uh, working uh, with external advisors when supporting uh, the our portfolio companies. But uh, seeing the repeated need of the same type of support for our portfolio companies, uh, Verdain uh, started to invest in building that in-house. So I joined as the second uh, direct hire into the Elevate organization uh, with a CMO coming in six months before me. And we started uh, supporting our portfolio companies and our private, our investors uh, in, during the investment processes. Um, and we saw that as being very successful. So over the last two years, we've grown the team from the two of us to almost 40 now. Mm-hmm. And the idea is to, to support both during the investment processes, uh, supporting our deal teams, but bridging that into the build uh, work that we want to work with our portfolio companies over the extended period of our ownership. 
So Henrik, that's that's um, a really strong team you have. How? What is the split in terms of roles now within the Elevate team? So your your CTO, you mentioned a, a sort of CMO profile, etc. How are the t- roles broken down, and um, how are you working with the investor team as well? Uh, the split is. Um... We're, the biggest uh, team is our go-to-market, uh, which is led by our, our CMO today, uh, where we have a lot of people around 15 now, I think, uh, purely on the CMO, uh, the go-to-market team, supporting on everything from uh, market automation, inbound outbound marketing, uh, SEO, optimization, pricing, etc. We also added uh, more parts. So the technology team that I lead, we currently have a headcount of three. Uh, so it's myself, a seasoned uh, product director uh, with a background of being a CPO of uh, growth tech scale-ups. And uh, the latest addition is a cybersecurity specialist and expert that will support our portfolio companies and be part of the DDs. Before you yep. get into before you get into how you guys work with the portfolio companies, just a maybe a, a, it'd be interesting to hear some insight as to as the as the the leadership at, at Verdane was envisioning this elevate team. How did they? It, I'm, I'm surprised that it it wasn't surprising that it would start with the CMO and kind of build out that operating kind of team, but it is. A bit surprising that they had the the foresight to to say we sh- we should have a, a team of technologists as well. What was the the thought process there? Because um, um, it's a bit ahead. It's it, it's ahead of your peers in, in terms yeah, of the thinking. Um, I think it was two insights. One is um, the pure cost of uh, doing the tech DD uh, with external. Consultants is was a sort of a cost uh, address of, of of that, but the the biggest gain that was uh, hoped for and and I think we achieved uh, very well as uh, as well is that uh, once the tech DD uh, was done, uh, the report generated by an external consultant uh, team. Uh, there were no one having the in-house knowledge of how to bridge that into the build uh, period. Uh, so the 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 driver was that we wanted to take the 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 insights found during the uh, investment period on the tech side and bridge that into the build period. Um, so that was someone that can interpret that come and actually uh, talk directly to the technology leadership within our portfolio companies. That was the idea. And my mentor and, and the guy behind this, uh, Christopher uh, at Verdane, came from, from Visma uh, and working closely with the HG team as well. So there were some ideas coming from that as well. So Henrik, have you removed that cost layer in the DD or do you still have to rely on specialist expertise depending on you know which industry the company is in and 
you know, how have you evolved the DD process as well as a technologist? It's quite interesting because I had no uh, experience in, in performing tech DDs, but I've been on the other side a couple of times now. Uh, so I brought my own uh, experience of sitting on the other side of the table into the way we wanted to create our own process. So the the way we perform the tech deity is we try to make it much less document heavy and more conversation driven. Uh, so instead of asking for a long list of documents from our potential investment targets, uh, we schedule a number of workshops where I give them a preferred agenda and they get to explain the topics that we would like to cover during the DD. So that gives us an interactive discussion format around this. So we, we transformed the way we do it, and we I would say we've removed maybe 80% of the cost of the tech DD. So let's start then uh, with your team. Again, there's three of you. Um, we're, we're, we've been talking a little bit about due diligence just give a, a bit of give us a bit of understanding of how you work with the deal teams um, on some of the other call it pre-acquisition efforts. Are you guys when are you guys coming in to when are people pulling you into discussions? Are you in the early management meetings? You come in later just to do the tech diligence. Where where is your team finding itself um, playing a role? I think uh, my uh, my journey into this during these two years has been that it's uh, the history was that you brought in an external team quite late on in the process uh, because that's when you were convinced that you could start spending external cost on an investment process. But by having this in-house, we can engage much earlier on. Uh, so these days... Uh, me or colleagues from the Elevate organization get to meet our potential investment targets very early in early demos, early first meets with the management team. Uh, and when I do that, uh, it's both, it's two ways. It's about uh, selling Verdane in the concept of explaining what Verdane Elevate actually is. So uh, improving the uh, understanding of uh, what the the support they will get from Verdane during the holding period. As well as me with my background on technology, I can quite quickly, through a number of key questions, evaluate the maturity of the company, uh, technology-wise, process-wise, uh, organization-wise on the technology side. So we... I, imagine, I imagine that it's, uh, well, I, I, I'm imagining from my own perspective that if I was sitting across the table, from you and you guys had this internal team of, of technologists that could lend a hand, uh, leverage the, their experience, um, help me understand what's happening across other portfolio companies uh, that the, the firm is involved with. I would think that's attractive. Is that, are you finding that, uh, does it resonate with some of the, uh, the potential targets? Absolutely, very much. Uh, and we we continuously get that feedback that post post uh, the investment uh, process, either if we get to invest or we, we step aside or, or someone else gets to, to invest, 
we still always get the feedback that they are super impressed by the team we can provide and the how deep we get during the investment processes already and how they can understand what the benefits would be if uh, Verdain got to invest. So it happens a lot that even if we step aside uh, during or uh, at the end of the investment process, we still have uh, scheduled feedback sessions with our uh, potential targets and give them the feedback we found. Um, and it's always very appreciated. Uh, and it's uh, often testimony. Uh, quite a, very often they uh, give the feedback that it is the key factor for choosing Verdain to be the investor. So, Henrik, you described um, this as a new process for you coming in, and I'm interested to understand what have your key learnings been and what are things that you did that you would have done differently? And then also, how are you how are you productizing what you're doing so that it's not just residual to the three three of you within this unit? That has been the constant involvement uh, during these two years that we are uh, trying to formalize the output uh, to make it easier to compare process to process and company to company. Um, but that's also cross-elevate. So uh, all the Elevate branches doing the DD of their expertise, we are now trying to formalize so we the format is more similar between us and it's easier to collect uh, measurable uh, KPIs uh, from each of our uh, processes because analytics is sort of the the key for us. The data we collect during uh, our, uh, uh, our DD processes, our investment processes, but also during our holding period, both on our portfolio companies and the market in the broader perspective. So we have a big in-house analytics team that are crunching and, and collecting data, both from public market, uh, the uh, portfolio companies, and for, from all of our uh, investment processes as well. And what, what are the things that you would have done differently, which you sort of started doing and maybe have learned more about on the way? Um, yeah, I think me as a person and being alone on this initially, uh, I think uh, investing more time in, in creating a more structured output of the TechD uh, material that is easy both to, to compare over time, but also in a structured way, transition into the build period. Um, so. I think that I would have spent more time on that, uh, and I'm 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 a tech guy still, um, and uh, I'm not the PowerPoint guy, uh, and that is maybe understanding the need of having more structured format early on, uh, and and investing in that uh, would have uh, accelerated sort of the professionalism of of the uh, of the uh, the bridge between tech DD and into the build period. And where do you see the pockets of value in terms of driving value through the adoption of modern technology? Where do you see these pockets of value in the investments that you're making? And where do you see those going? 
uh, if I understand you correctly, but I think the the initiatives that we want to drive uh, from us uh, helping uh, our portfolio companies newly, uh, those that newly entered our portfolio, they are usually more or less the same size uh, with some uh, variance, of course, but we usually invest in companies being 50 to 100 people and upwards. But they quite recently entered a scale-up phase. And when that comes to the tech side, it's usually in the timing of you maybe have one, two development teams, you have uh, starting to formalize your processes and so on. So we we push a lot on, on setting the organizational structure. Uh, forming, uh, how should you form your teams? Uh, how do you make uh, outcome-oriented, uh, cross-functional, autonomous teams with an accountability uh, being keywords for us? That's one of the initiatives we spend a lot of time on. Uh, the other one is on data and uh, data maturity. Uh, how do they collect and, and create value out of data that they generate within the organization. So spending time on uh, data scientists, data analysts, starting to look into where machine learning will help them uh, now and in the future. And then the third one is the cybersecurity perspective that we want all of our portfolio companies to, to spend usually more than they've done when they reach this uh, stage of maturity. If we could, let's transition over to once you, you guys have invested in a company, um, how does how does your team engage in in that scenario? Um, in a couple of different ways. So we we continuously work directly with our portfolio companies, uh, but that's once we've gone through the maybe the first six months where we work uh, directly with the initiatives with that we identified during the DD period. Um, so who are your peers then in, in, the, uh, in your portfolio companies? Is it the portfolio company CIO or CTO? Yeah, uh, CTO, CPOs uh, with our product director, yeah. uh, CISOs working on the, the security side as well. Yeah. Um, but we also extend it to the broader team uh, if needed. So uh, engineering managers, uh, it could be uh, product owners further down in the organization, depending on the size of the teams. But we we run workshops directly with the, the broader team as well. So it's not only one-to-one and with the management side of it, but we do have activities with the broader uh, team of our portfolio companies as well. Real quick, before we get into more detail on this, if you generalize... Uh... The situations that that uh, the investments that you guys find yourselves in, what, how would you describe when when you guys buy a company? How many of the, those times is it where you guys see a real opportunity to transform the company using technology versus you see some good opportunities technologically, but they're not going to be game changing? Where where are you guys on the investment spectrum? Where are your investments falling there? Is it uh, two out of 10 or transformational? One out of 10? Any, what are you guys seeing? Uh, I think uh, it's it's not that we, I would say that we, the, 
the technology in itself or digitalization will be the key factor for success. But it's, we quite often, I don't know, maybe four out of 10, uh, we need to spend a lot of time because we've identified that for the company to succeed, we need to work with the, the technology part of it to be able to fulfill the business plans and the expansion and the scale up that we are uh, envisioning in, in our investment hypothesis. So maybe 40% of the time we, we need to work with the tech team uh, to help them transition into a new way of organization or something else that is a key initiative. Okay. All right. So back back to the question that I had led you down before, which is you're, you're interfacing with the high-level technology management, sometimes some other people at the organization. And then what does that look like and feel like for that company from the support perspective or, or the, the guidance they're getting from your team? I think it's very appreciated. So it, it goes from me having bi-weekly sessions with the CTO and the same for my colleague on the product side, uh, the weekly or monthly check-ins uh, to support them on, on their day-to-day business to more project-oriented uh, investigations and advisory where we sometimes sit in on on uh, daily or weekly meetings to understand how they operate and then suggesting ways of, of changing that to improve produ- uh, productivity and and uh, the, the outcomes of it to uh, what we we spend a lot of time on as well is to have broader cross portfolio company activities like uh, seminars uh, workshops uh, knowledge sharing uh, to at least a yearly on-site uh, product and tech day that we run uh, yearly uh, with some gap for 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 2020 when when we had covid uh, but uh, where they get to travel and and uh, spend a full day with us uh, sharing uh, networking and and uh, we have some key topics that we want to drive towards all our portfolio companies uh, uh, this is one of those topics for me i think about all the time how useful it would be for for me to have that kind of network uh, especially that um it's like the uh, same team right here. Everybody's kind of being, everyone has ownership from the same team. And so you're, you have this collective of people that are, that should be willing to work with one another and share. And how much, uh, how much do you see people leveraging the others around the, uh, the other portfolio companies that you guys, you guys uh, have stakes in? Is it, lots of lots of stuff going on is it mostly just that one time a year are people taking advantage of it it, it is very uh, it, it's well used uh, in a, even if i have a vision together with the rest of the team that it would be even more active uh, i know myself that being a cto is quite a lonely position in within the company you're sort of in the pressure between the technology team and the business team uh, and the management team. Uh, and you usually don't have that many peers to discuss your uh, challenges with. So just providing the network of other CTOs, CPOs, and so on is helping a lot. And they do engage with each other, especially uh, post a physical meetup 
uh, I I get the feedback they, that there are a lot of one-to-one or two, uh, three companies getting together with a common challenge uh, between different portfolio companies. Uh, so that is happening. We also provide the Everdain Connect portal uh, with different forums. So we have a product and tech forum uh, where they can log in and post questions and ask around different products, vendors, uh, challenges they might have. And one of those questions led to a eight-meeting uh, online workshop series uh, during the spring around APIs, integrations, uh, and uh, it was uh, moderated by uh, one of our uh, product owners from one of the product directors, one of our portfolio companies that had the biggest interest. But we had between 10 and 20 companies joining each of these workshops, discussing everything from moving from REST to GraphQL. Uh, how do you document an API? Should we build plugins or should we just provide an open API and so on? So those type of questions is cross uh, portfolio company uh, interesting. And they, you get a lot of engagements when you find those topics to, to share in, information and, and knowledge about. I would love to go a little bit deeper into the three solution plays that you mentioned that you are seeing, seeing most traction around. So organizational design, data maturity, or exploitation of data and cybersecurity. So if we just touch on organizational design, first of all, how does that how does that work, Hendrik? And do you work with um, an overall people organization that does the assessments, et cetera? Because I've I've personally been in situations where a technology people assessment sometimes runs parallel to a commercial people assessment, and then there are different conflicting views on how the organization should be designed. Now we did. Uh, on the organizational side, we actually made a broad interview series across our portfolio a year and a half ago, where we spoke to a lot of representatives uh, across our more mature uh, holdings and, and collected sort of, do we find something that is common for those that have succeeded? What are the key metrics they measure, and how do you design organization for scale? And then we compile that into what we uh, see as guidelines. It's no no musts, but we we have a clear view on what we think are driving productivity, quality, and and scalability. Uh, And that's what we ourselves directly share with both management team and, and technology leadership uh, and it's usually a good time when we do our investments since we do usually inject uh, scale-up money into the portfolio company. So it's it's a time where they will start recruiting more. It's also a good time to actually do that transformation of teams and organizational setup uh, before they've grown too big. So we we do it directly. We do it together with the management team and the technology leadership, and we give them advice. But we are still not forcing anyone to do anything that they don't really uh, understand or believe in. Got it. Thank you. And on the data 
area, you described it um, on a spectrum of maturity and went from sort of data assessment over to using data scientists, AI and machine learning. So how do you look at data as an opportunity when you've got an investment in front of you? And you didn't you didn't mention particular data skills in Elevate, but maybe you have those, but they're not in your unit. So perhaps you could talk into how you work into that area. Yes. So within the we didn't really get to mention all the branches of the Elevate organization. One big team is actually our analytics team, uh, which is our combined in-house analytics team and used in the Elevate setting. So that's where we started collecting data internally from our portfolio companies to, to assess. And, and uh, But that, that team has, have now grown uh, to, to be a source, resource pool even to help uh, actively work with our portfolio companies on creating good data lakes, data warehouses, strategies for transforming data and doing analysis on it and uh, in the next step also start doing advanced analytics machine learning and in the future of ai Um, so we do assess it during the but it's not in my team that i have the the resources for it but it's in our analytics team instead where i borrow the team and hand over the data maturity assessment to them and then we work on the outcomes of it uh, together with our portfolio companies and within that area, I would say we it data is key for for future success uh, for a lot of our portfolio companies. So just understanding the maturity, are they collecting all the data they should in a structured or unstructured format? What do they do with it? So in our assessment, we have a maturity ladder where we have a clear what is next step to continue on that journey, and. I, I drive. I try to compare machine learning uh, to to what cloud was. I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. Everybody spoke about it. No one really knew how to do it, and uh, didn't really re- uh, understand the value of it either. Uh, but today, everyone is doing it, even if they don't know about it. And machine learning is somewhere on that range right now. People are talking about it. Some do it. Uh, not everyone is understanding the value of doing it. But within four or five years, everyone will be doing it, uh, even if they don't know, uh, using services based on machine learning and, and uh, AI. So we drive our portfolio companies to, to start early on on that journey. You will get the head start. You will get uh, a lot of value out of it. And it's not maybe going to be used in the places you today realize, but you need to start thinking about it. So we, we support on both assessing the maturity, but also driving the strategy around getting ahead of data in there, start thinking about machine learning, where will it be used, uh, not if, but where, and uh, start on that journey. And does your CPO have a role in that as well? Absolutely. Uh, so our CPO, our head of uh, product director, she she comes in as a peer to me. We work usually side by side with our organizations, and she is supporting a lot on how to create that organization that we want to put in place to be 
business and outcome focused. So how do you get your product organization to actually be sitting inside the development organization, working with the market, working with the sales, working with the customers and and owning business outcomes instead of having a tech and product organization that is feature driven, uh, delivering features, but not uh, the actual value out of it. So she she's a very valued part of the team, and we're working a lot to peer uh, side by side with our portfolio companies to to form that product and tech focus. And cybersecurity, this has become table stakes now for every portfolio company. You did mention that you have an internal CISO, but it's it's very broad ranging and. There are many actors uh, in terms of um, the types of firms you can work with externally as well. How do you go about doing a preliminary assessment pre-deal and then actually tacking um, cybersecurity threats immediately after acquisition as well or preparing for exit? Hmm. Um, It's one of the areas where we, we have been using external advisors still, but... During this year, we realized that we we are repetitively doing it, and the value of having that knowledge in house is now reached that tipping point. So we we set out on hiring uh, our own head of cybersecurity this year, and uh, I now have a person that will join uh, within a month uh, that will drive and own sort of both the the pre-deal assessment, but uh, also working directly with our portfolio companies and owning that area directly. Today, it sits on me to make sure that there is an agenda with all our, all our portfolio companies, but the the week only have that, that many hours, so we need more effort on this one. So we decided to, to have that in-house as well. But currently, we are working with external uh Advisors, we we have picked a number of good companies that we think are making a good, uh, giving good support to uh, existing portfolio companies, and then we sort of point to them when uh, next portfolio company is asking who to turn to. And some some firms are combining security assessments together with ESG threat assessments. Are you doing? that as well or are they two separate assessments um esg is covering security as well so i am providing data for the esg assessment yes thank you henrik all right we've talked a lot about the the current team and how the current team is operating what's the the future of of your particular team inside of elevate the tech team where do you see it expanding and going from here um the the next uh, position we're looking at right now is is someone more working on uh, infrastructure and and uh, IT support on on ecom companies. I don't have a pure ecom background, and the sort of the tech assessment of an ecom company is quite different from a software company. So we are looking at bringing. Uh, our own resource in that that would be working on assessing uh, best practices and, and combining the right tools to to create good ecom uh, setups. Um, but that's again both for the for the assessment pre deal, but also a lot of support for 
for these companies going forward. Um, and should you replace a warehouse management system or not? Should you uh, spend time on replacing uh, the ERP solution or not for scaling purposes and so on? So that that's a, sort of a, an area where we today work with external advisors, but we see it uh, as a constant need now, and we we're looking to expanding into that. What do you think the hardest tech position is to hire for these days or for any of these? Where, I guess where's the, um, the portfolio companies that you're seeing? Is there a consistency where, where they're lacking uh, good, good, good personnel that you're, you're needing to help out with? I think an area where, where you often reach some kind of tipping point and it's really hard to find is when you when you continue to scale the company for a while so you're reaching a tech organization of 50 plus up to 100 maybe uh, you you need more layers of, of strategic discussion on the tech and product side as well so we are supporting a couple of our portfolio companies to look into something like a cpto someone who can take a strategic responsibility over product and tech uh, without being uh, a pure CTO or a pure CPO, uh, where there, there's more of business discussion, but linked to the technical uh, future for the, for the organization. So that is something that we see when, once you've scaled up a couple of times and you, you get to a bigger organization, uh, that is a uh, tricky position to fill, um, but then it's it's an everyday struggle for all our portfolio companies to find local resources where they where they sit. So again, we we are supporting our portfolio companies to work with the right uh, uh, companies uh, and partnerships on uh, scaling up uh, through. Uh, distributed teams. So I think any tech, if you say I want a really uh, good everything from a strong backend developer on some technology to JavaScript to uh, UX design, you, everywhere you will find a lot of hands in there when they say, is it hard to find these? Uh, so the, the general lack of skilled tech resources is is across all roles, I would say. Well, I do think it's very interesting, the, the meshing of roles that you described, because I'd recently come across a CDI role, so a chief digital and information um, officer type role. So trying to, to bring the skill sets together and um, create room behind that individual to scale the company. So that, that could be a trend that you're seeing that, that could prevail. All right, let's wrap this up. Henrik, thanks for being here and sharing the insights about uh, Verdane and Elevate. Where can listeners find more about Verdane, Elevate, you? Well, uh, go to verdane.com. You will find uh, our expand, uh, extended team on our Meet Us page, and you will find me there. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, so please reach out if you have any questions or want to discuss anything that we have discussed today. Great. Thank you again for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Private Equity Technology Podcast. 
Please support the production of this podcast by subscribing in iTunes and leaving a review. If you want to reach out with any questions or comments, you can get me at alexagran at gmail.com. That's A-L-E-X-A-G-R-A-N.com.